My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a dubbing up my friend, Dan White. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and WCW's demise. Well, right now, we are ready for a huge SummerSlam weekend. And, of course, we are live again tomorrow at 9pm. But now, it's time for NXT TakeOver Toronto pre-show. The The WNR are live. Tonight, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. So, yes, welcome to the 26th NXT TakeOver. But before we go anywhere, let's start with the alternate intro. And seeing as we're in Canada, let's have a quote from the greatest living Canadian. Call me old-fashioned, but sending a dick pic is disgusting and lazy. Real love means sending a nice bouquet of penises. And that, of course, is from Ryan Reynolds, who is, in fact, greatest living Canadian. Ever. Yeah. On the show, we have shout-outs, Dunnell Basler, Master Bay, NXT Update, and, of course, we will run through the card. But first, we start with NXT News. And news story, NXT Canada. It looks like WWE is moving forward with expansion plans in Japan and Australia as well, as WWE officials met with officials from Dragon's Gate and Stardom. And they're looking to sign some of the top Australian stars. Canada also appears to be in WWE's expansion plans. Well, Dave Meltzer noted in the Wrestling Observer newsletter there will be tryouts from the 7th of August to the 9th at the Paramount Fine Food Centre in Ontario. Well, Meltzer added that there's been talk of starting an NXT Canada brand with a former WWE superstar Santino Morella being involved with it. He trains wrestlers at his Battle Arts Academy in the same city. Well, the timing works out for WWE because tryouts will take place a few days for some San Toronto, which means it will be easy for WWE officials to attend. Well, Morella has not commented on the rumours. The first student from his academy to get a developmental offer is Alexander Kaskik. And we could see more signees in the future if WWE establishes a working relationship with Morella. Yeah, I mean, but it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, really? You know, with NXT having UK, and for me being so successful, because we've got to take over at the end of the month. Canada branching out. Is it too close to home, do you reckon, or do you think it's a good way to start? Um, well, I think it is. 
WWE kind of spreading itself so thin because NXT UK kind of works as a branch. Having one, like, you know, an Eastern European branch, I suppose, wouldn't be too bad. Or, you know, having an Asian leg or Australian, you know, leg like that. But I, I think Canada, it's... It is a bit too close to home, and it's going to spread itself a bit too thin, I think. Yeah, that's what I think, you know, especially can, like near North America and I think that starts somewhere different. But if that's the way we want to go, that's the way we want to go. Up next, it's AEW versus WWE. And did you really think WWE was going to make it easy for AEW? For all of WWE's talk about loving competition, moving NXT to the same night and time as AEW's new weekly TV series is a very open way of showing it. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reports WWE is gearing up to move NXT's house show to Fox Sports 1 and changing it to a two-hour program. While it's not announced, the NXT on FS1 is tently set for 8 to 10 p.m. on Wednesday's nights. For obvious reasons, this was a time slot expected, but this was we've been given listing a time slot. Of course, it wasn't going to be finalised until TNT announced their time slot as well. We're not sure when this starts or how... Big East basketball on FS1 affects this, or what this means for NXT on WWE Network, or what the start date will be. It's not official until the announcement is made, but this has been expected, and as noted a few weeks ago, it's far enough along that Fox told some affiliates already. Well, the report continues. The working ideas for a live two-hour that a tape show will not work to head off AEW. Where WWE feels they have an edge is they have an endless supply of main roster talent they can shuffle in whenever they want them. Well, per Nelson, Nielsen cable coverage estimates from last year, Fox Sports 1 was available in roughly 83 million United States households, while TNT had roughly 90 million home reach. But this report comes one day after Triple H's media call where he talked about counter-programming, counter but also mentioned he preferred working with live TV as opposed to be taped. Seemed like an offhand comment at the time, but maybe Triple H was foreshadowing moving NXT to live TV. Well, if or when WWE has live TV on Wednesday nights, will you be watching AEW or NXT? Uh, do you know, I will check out AEW, you know, and, and I've not watched Raw or SmackDown for a very long time in its entirety. And I think with AEW, I'm going to sit down, just give it a chance. But with NXT, I'll watch it in its entirety as well. So will it hurt NXT going to a two-hour, I reckon? I, I don't know, because I think it is doing absolutely brilliantly on a one-hour format. I think, you know, they cover everything, and especially with the space between NXT TakeOver events, it gives you enough time to cover everything, because it normally focuses on one storyline in the main event at a time, which I think is absolutely perfect for that. I don't know if they're going to try and squeeze too much in, but they'll definitely have to bolster their talents if they want to compete with AEW and go to two hours. Well, I, I think that's a crazy thing when you look at NXT and, you know, the, the thing is, I don't think at the moment it's the strongest it's ever been and to be two hours, I think you need a couple, a lot more superstars and whether that means a lot more guys come back uh, and go to NXT to try and help that out, but this is the thing, but can AEW sustain week in, week out a television schedule as well? These are questions that hopefully are going to be answered by the end of the year and that's what's kind of exciting about it, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Well, anyway, we move on to injuries. Uh, double ouch. Wrestling is a very dangerous sport, and no matter what you do, there is no way to completely guarantee the wrestler's safety. You can have all the training and experience in the world, and sometimes accidents just happen. Some of these injuries are not as severe as others, but over the weekend, there was a pair of them. Both on the same day, 
for the same promotion. Well, last Saturday night, both Rachel Ellering and Karen Q of NXT suffered leg injuries. Ellering was injured during a match in Fort Pierce, Florida, during a match against Lacey Lane. There's no word how the injury in a match, but the match was immediately stopped and Ellering was carried out. According to Wrestling Observer, Ellering completely blew her knee out. And on the same night, NXT was holding another show in Atlanta, Georgia, where Karen Q broke her leg when she was teaming with Bianca Belair against Rhea Ripley and Rhea Gonzalez. Karen Q has since tweeted about the match, confirming her injury and showing a photo of an X-ray of her leg. She has yet to make her television debut, but has wrestled on the NXT house show circuit for several months. Well, that's quite a rough night for NXT and the women's division in general. In general, in general. hopefully neither of them are very bad. Though a broken leg is it's kind of hard to overcome in a hurry. But still, neither of them have been on television much lately. That doesn't make the injuries any less important. Elevings could be a lot worse than it seems, but maybe it won't be as bad as it could be. With some luck, the two of them could be back in the ring sooner than later. Or maybe not. NXT star Rachel Evers has actually torn her ACL at a recent non-televised live event in Florida and is expected to be out of action for up to nine months. <laughs> uh, yeah, that didn't work out. Well, she's had sur- she said, I have surgery on Tuesday and Wednesday. I have surgery on Tuesday and Wednesday I'll begin my journey back to my home, the ring. She wrote on a post on Instagram, as a wise woman once said, I'm a goddess, a glorious female warrior, so now it's time to prove it. Shattered that her heart broke a little bit when she found out that she tore her ACL. Those three letters have caused me so much pain and disappointment and fear, she said. Well, she's 26 years old and is the daughter of the W Hall of Fame, Paul Ellering. She signed with W this year and has really competed in two, two. May Young Classic tournaments. So that's the kind of big show. I mean, like we t- we've been talking about the NXT Women's Division. I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit when we run through the car. It's not as strong as it, it has been. And these kind of upcoming women now having these injuries back... A little bit, and it is a, a bit of a disappointment, you know. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it is sad to see, you know, someone who's, uh, I think both of them are just kind of trying to make their break onto television, and you know they get setbacks. But a lot of wrestlers have come from setbacks, and they make themselves stronger, and it gives them chance to kind of develop their character a bit more. And hopefully, when they return, they will return with a bang. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, so that's it for new news as it isn't but we'll have more news tomorrow night all the updated one before SummerSlam but we move on now and it's time for one of my favourite parts every live show we do shout outs so let's move on to that now well it's Shan Karki and they uh, they say that they should broadcast NXT shows simultaneously with AEW shows it would make awesome competition way better than the pay-per-view shows anyway and I think the pair of us absolutely agree um, you know, I think having the NXT shows not only live because, you know, going back 20 years, we see spoilers thrown in between things from uh, WCW towards WWE because WWE was actually taped. Um, and not only that, I think AEW is the strongest show and is probably the best one to compete with AEW. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt. And, and I think, but what's important, and I just want to stress this, is that. Nowadays, I've got no problem with NXT and AEW show going head-to-head, right? Because of the way um, 
you know, you can stream stuff now after, you can record it, watch it, you know, video on demand and all this kind of stuff. It, it's not going to hurt the, the product that you're watching. Back in the day when WSW first did it, it was, you, you know, had a choice unless you had a kind of a VCR to try and record both at the same time. It's very difficult to do. Nowadays, not as much. I feel the pay-per-views and the, uh, and the, the, like the takeover events should be off separate weekends. I don't think a takeover should go against an AEW pay-per-view. I think it'll just hurt both shows for, for, for each sake. WSW and WWE, with all the stuff that happened in the past, always kept their shows, big shows separate, didn't they? I mean, couple, you know, in the late 80s, maybe a couple of times, but since then, they kind of didn't tread in each other's feet, and I think that's that's fair, because I think takeovers would be affected a little bit if they were going against like the, the AEW event coming this month, you know? Absolutely, yeah, and I think that you know, for me personally, I am getting a bit annoyed with all these, oh, AEW's the best, NXT's the best, WWE's the best. I think, you know, wrestling is the best and everyone should enjoy wrestling. We've got loads of different choices <coughs> and, you know, it's, why not watch everything? This is the thing, isn't it? You know, but there's very few people like to kind of take sides. It's even like with Marvel or DC and stuff like this. People do watch both, but there seems to be kind of fanboys. And that's all right, but it does seem to take a lot a lot of uh, abuse and a lot of bashing. And like someone like CM Punk said, well, just don't watch a product then if there's, you know, if you've got a problem with it. Uh, and this is the thing. And, and like I said to you, and uh, off show, and, I, and I'll admit to everybody now, and I might be fired for my job, but I subscribed to Impact Plus uh, during the week uh, just to get the old TNA shows with, um, you know, all the other rest. Not like we're going to start an Impact Plus podcast unless Impact want to pay us like the AEW, you know, quite. But I think there's an amount of content. If you're happy, you know, if you're just a wrestling fan, you're in your element. You know, go back to me 20 years ago and say you can watch, you know, every single company, all their, all their kind of major shows. I would have definitely, you know, take bitten your hand off for it. So I think it's great, like I said, the Matt Wrestling, people should just enjoy it at the moment in time. Don't know how lucky you are. Don't know how lucky you are. Absolutely, yeah. You know, storylines may not be the strongest, but wrestling certainly is the best mm. I've ever seen it. And I just hope it continues to flourish. Now, I'm a bit worried because that was my, I think, second rant of the podcast already. So let's see if we can build up a head of steam. Anyway, up next, Heather Gent. And said for the Gagano Cole match, I think this time whoever loses the match will be moved to the main rosters. Uh, I think there's a big chance of that, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, you know, with Gagano, I suppose it would be easier for him to move up to the main roster. As as far as Adam Cole goes, he's still got three other guys who I would assume would be moving up to the main roster alongside him as part of Undisputed Era because as much as it annoys me, yeah, they have been a very successful and popular kind of unit going through. So, yeah, you know, why not? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, why not? You just sound so happy about that. But uh, this is the thing with Gagano. He did go up to the main roster and then due to Chumper's injury, came back down and, and continued in NXT. Are they waiting for Chumper to come back to kind of finish that feud? I think Gagano's his last chance tonight. I think if he doesn't win, there's no point for him to be around. You know, And if that's the case, then you've, you've got to kind of move on. With Adam Cole, I don't know if the Undisputed Era are ready yet. I, I think they're ready for the main roster, but I don't know if they'll make the jump just yet. Um, Deshaun Crawford said, I hope Roddy wins and has a problem with Pete. They already have history with Roddy betraying Dunn and their rivalry will be... 
I mean, you know, let's not forget it was Roderick Strong who t- like said, turned and betrayed Pete Dunne to join the Undisputed Era. And there's so much more mileage to tell of a story, you know, especially with NXT, how they write stuff. They can go and, and use that. Pete Dunne involved in this. I mean, we're going to probably speak about that later. Should Pete Dunne be involved in this or, or not? But I think that makes the most sense coming out of this match without spoilers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, there's, there's not much more to cover on that, is there? <laughs> well, no. It's, it's, the thing. It's, it's, it's difficult because, like I said, uh, Pete Dunne and, and uh, Strong have got a rivalry tapped in, if that's the way they go. Of course, me and Dan do predictions on every show, so we're going to keep our cars quite close to our chest. I am I'm <laughs> staying Tight-lipped, yes. You are tight-lipped for once. Uh, Anyway, Quinton Mason says, Street Profits need a little bit of development on the wrestling side, but everything else is super entertaining. What are your thoughts on the Street Profits? I think they've they've got it down in the ring. You know, I haven't got a problem with with the way they move. Um, It's... They are good, but can you see, like, Ford turning on Dawkins or vice versa? And, you know, it's... I, I, don't, I don't know what they could do with them. Well, this is the thing. I mean, if it's a tag team, but what's weird about them is they've been around for years, but you, there's not been that many Street Profit matches that you can, you know, on either takeovers or even on NXT TV that they've been involved with. And I think they kind of need a run of matches to kind of show that, you know, well, the gimmick's entertaining, but they just need to kind of pull out their performances have they been given a chance to do that recently? I'm not sure. But I think tonight at TakeOver, I think there's definitely a massive chance against the Undisputed Era to kind of a performance and kind of prove to people it's not just a kind of gimmick, but it's actually how they move as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah I'm all for Street Profits. I think they're a very entertaining duo. Um, they've, they've got good chemistry with each other in the ring. And I think going against a team like the Undisputed Era, O'Reilly and Fish. I think they could have a very good match between the two. But do you think like Street Profits are better than um, Heavy Machinery? I don't know, because I'm a really big fan of uh, Dozovic. Yeah, I know, I know but it, the, the thing is, it's like they talk about the kind of potential on the main roster with tag teams. They've kind of been the worst treated out of everybody that's gone up. You know, the tag teams, like you think about with Ascension, Ellie did that, Vaud Villians. You know, every team that's kind of gone up was a little bit successful. American Alpha. Well, I'm not even a fan of the Viking experience. I think they've just, they've gone up to the main roster. All they're doing is squashing enhancement talent and it's, it's just getting boring, I think. It's like the Authors of Pain as well, didn't it? You know, they, they kind of, they went up as well. Authors of Pain were great and they kind of got wasted. Uh, so, you know, it would be interesting to see if the Street Profits can maintain a level of success or not. Indeed, yes. Well, um, moving on to the shout-outs, we've got Ethan Page says, Io Shirai is truly amazing. Her heel persona is just incredible. And she's a gift to women's wrestling. I don't remember her dress was just incredible. I mean, did she actually let that happen? Or No, I'm just joking. I've always been a huge OCI, but I think the heel turn has worked for her. I, I always wanted her to win a title off Baszler, but the way they've done it with a heel turn, I think works really well. What do you think of kind of EO and what she... Because I know I'm a bit biased because she was my pick for the Mayan Classic, but what are your thoughts? Well, you can kind of see see how it's played out. You know, Io Shirai, she was a face. She was probably the most facey of faces you can get in NXT. 
Um, she tried and tried and tried to defeat Shayna Baszler. Uh, and she's just got frustrated and she's turned to the dark side. And, you know, maybe this is the Oshirai that can actually beat Shayna Baszler. I mean, she's got to overcome Candice LeRae before that. But, you know, is this a good turn for her? Is, you know, a Hill Shirai going against a Hill Baszler? Is this what's going to... They don't really do hills versus hills, do they? So that's why it's kind of interesting to make you think that they might uh, extend this a little bit. But I think EO definitely deserves the Women's Championship uh, and definitely deserves a run. But NXT kind of have dominant hill champions or dominant, you know, champ. And that's the kind of way they go at the moment in the in the women's division. And and I'm just a little bit, I'm bored with the Basel thing. And I don't want another one with Kari saying how entertaining she is being kind of the dominant champion for a year. Yeah, I want to kind of see it mixed up a little bit, but is there a kind of, isn't there a, a pool of talent there? Is that the problem, you know? Well, you know, a good enough hill to kind of cover the hill quota, so to speak, that they've got to term probably one of the best things about NXT women's wrestling to a hill. Yeah, and I mean, that's a shame, but on the face side, a bit short, so can anybody step up? In the meantime, you know, that's the thing that we're going to look at. Oh, well, what about Bianca Belair? I mean, she was doing a good heel, and then she kind of started facing it up a bit. Yeah, so, I mean, she came up short with Mia Yim. There's a little bit of story, uh, if, if you know, if that feud wants to continue after. And it, with Baszler, I, I think I've predicted her losing at every fucking takeover event, and she, she always kind of disappoints me in that way. Anyway. Why don't you predict her winning, and she might lose? Because <laughs> then I might lose, anyway. Uh, next one, Stan Gore. He said, it's good to see Mia getting some shine, but she's not the best on the NXT roster. It's hard to say. The crown is up for grabs. All the girls seem to be missing something different to make them the complete package. I always said WWE put an Ember Moon on a main roster so soon was a mistake. Uh, and, well, we see it now. NXT feels hollow because it really broke the wheel they had going. The girls are good, but there's no clear-cut ace quite yet. And so I think that's kind of hitting the nail on the head. I mean, that's the point we've been making for a little while with the women's roster and the depth to it. But is kind of losing some of your very good stars to NXT UK kind of not happening? I mean, yeah. you know, how how good would the NXT women's roster be if it had the likes of uh, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, uh, Piper Niven, and, you know, so on and so forth? Banging at the door yeah. of Shayna Baszler. It's true. I mean, Ray Ripley, like let's talk about, is now been on NXT house shows. Is she done in the UK? I think the UK women's division is is red hot at the moment, uh, and I think the problem is they've taken two women. I mean, first I just want to say to like Stan. I mean, it's one of the best kind of uh, emails that we've had with, with someone's thoughts on it, and it is true with Ember Moon. Like she should have had a moment beating Oscar, and she never had that. And and I feel that... They wasted it on Charlotte. Yeah, you know, and it kind of like, if they were going to... I know they wanted to run defeated in NXT, but the way they treated her, Oscar on the main roster, same with Moon, she's getting a chance tomorrow to shine against Bailey. but what have they done since Mania, you know, or even before that? So there, there is a problem here where you've got too much talent uh, on the main roster. It's even like the Iconics. What the fuck happened to the women's division, tag team division? Like... What where where did that go? And you've got all these women kind of going around and they just deserve a chance. And if you need to filter back in NXT, there's a the plethora, I think, would accept that chance of Raw and SmackDown right now. Absolutely, yeah. You know, the ones that are getting very underutilised for something that was going so well from in mm. NXT that they've just kind of not given the chance to shine 
in WWE, which is a, a huge disappointment. It's like, you know, Naomi. We don't talk about Naomi. You know, we talk about people like Nikki Cross and everybody like that. She's probably one of the most talented kind of workers on the main roster. And it's just, they've not used her at all in these past couple of years. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, you've got to think, what what must she be thinking? What must the, the talent there? Absolutely, yeah. But there's so many you can pick out. Like you said, the, the women's division at the moment, can they improve it in NXT? I think they've got to find a way. I mean, but with Tony Storm, would you want to see it go from NXT UK to NXT or would you go straight to the main roster? I think once her time's up in NXT UK, then yeah, why not have a run on NXT? Because, um, you know, we've seen from the past how women get treated on the main roster. I mean, you know, they've had to go back to... Charlotte Flair going against Trish Stratus. I mean, you know, they've had to bring no disrespect to Trish Stratus, but they've had to kind of get her out of yeah. retirement to kind of go against Charlotte. Why not? You know, Ray Ripley would have a great match against Charlotte. So would Tony Storm. There's so many more women that could, you know, that deserve that kind mm. of thing where WWE keep like, they look forward and they just take three steps back. Yeah, uh, and the other problem with this as well is that they've only got eyes for the one kind of their style of women's division. No matter what you know, Becky Lynch or what anybody says is Charlotte, and that is Absolutely. proven by giving her the Trish Stratus mass match at WrestleMania uh, at SummerSlam, sorry, uh, and giving her all the kind of hype and build up that she's got. You know, well, is that not the match that Alexa Bliss should have had mm. uh, Evolution, which could have been Alexa Bliss's match? At SummerSlam. Yeah, and now Alexa Bliss is put with Nikki Cross and then it won't be ne- anywhere near SummerSlam right now, no. you know. I think they're facing the uh, Kabuki Warriors on Monday. The Bukaki Warriors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, whatever they're called or whatever Dan wants to call them, uh, that's fine. Last shout out, Dan. Yes, it is Richard Norris. And with this card, something makes me feel we get undisputed era celebration at the end. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? It is possible. <laughs> there may or may not be an Undisputed Era celebration at the end. Uh, there may be a couple. There may be one. There may be three. <laughs> we just do not know. Well, for that to happen, two uh, titles will have to change hands. And I can't remember last time two titles changed hands at a takeover. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if it happens. I think it is going to happen. Dan, can you say it will happen eventually won't it i believe it will happen eventually as i say you know it is a long year we've still got another couple of takeovers left to go this year you know it could be cole and either roddy strong or o'reilly and fish winning their titles and then maybe the next takeover it could culminate you know for the Mm. end of the year you know it could be a progressing thing it doesn't necessarily have to happen tonight. Or well, saying, saying that though, the only, the only the next takeover is takeover war games in November. So if there's only one takeover left, then and usually at war games they fight in teams. The undisputed era is quite a big team. But the undisputed era have represented the past couple of yeah, war games matches. Like... So you know they might again. You know it's they, they could have a winner take all. They match. could have a women's war games. Were, oh, that would be. I love CEO Shana. But they can have a War Games match with all the titles on the line. Indeed, yes. You know, it's a winner-take-all <laughs> War Games. It could happen during NXT matches. I mean, you know, if they're moving to Fox Sports 1, what's the best way to kick off? Yeah. So there's loads of options. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm uh, zip. 
You're, you're zipping. You're not giving me I anything. Have, I've not given you anything, have I? <laughs> no, you really haven't. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's, we'd just like to say thank you for all the shout outs first and foremost, actually. Um, we really appreciate everybody getting hold of us uh, and letting us know what they think. And with TakeOver, there's a kind of general level of excitement, kind of even more so than a pay-per-view, shall I say, Dan. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. I think because, you know, there's there's five matches and it's I think it is good. It's condensed and the matches get time to deliver. You know, they're not just quick five-minute matches. They're, you know, they're given their time to tell a good story. They've built up good stories going through, you know, even the Io Shirai match but you know but obviously we're going to that and how well the story's developed over time i suppose yeah without a doubt uh but like we say we'll have more shout outs tomorrow uh for SummerSlam. but right now we'll move on and we're just about to have a little bit of fun because this is one of the games it's not our earliest game inception but it's kind of one of my favorites uh and we like to play it on instagram as well so we're going to be on there and we're going to play uh what is known as uh basler or done and and do you want to explain the game for everybody whilst I set it up over here? Um, well, James has got a picture. It's It could be Dunn's face on a woman's body or Basler's face on a man's body. And I've got to guess whether it is Shayna Basler mm. or Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. So we've got three each. So it's quite simple even. Uh, so the first one, Dan, for everybody, can you explain the picture? Um, well, it it's... A wintry scene, I presume, and it's Canada, you know, given the uh, Toronto takeover. There's someone wearing a, a parka with like a, a roll neck on and a, a woolly hat and jeans. And it looks like Pete Dunne. So if it looks like Pete Dunne, but isn't Pete Dunne, it's got to be Shania Basler. It is Shania Basler. But do you know what's really funny? There's an app, right, so you can put women's faces on men's. Well, I'm not going to say the app, obviously, but... This picture is actually... The fits that perfectly, doesn't she, you know? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I was, it was freaked me out a little bit. Uh, but you are right, Dan. That is Shania Baszler. <laughs> so, Remarkable. <laughs> anyway, up next, uh, let me just get ready here. This is... Um, oh, my God, very pretty. Uh, it's quite good. I'm quite close friends with both of them, so they posed... For these pictures, I talk about an app, I'm lying to you, you know, the post. And uh, who posted here? Oh, well, it is, uh, it's, they're wearing a wedding dress. They've got a bouquet of flowers in their hands and they're on a swing. And I don't know, I think neither of them smile, do they? No. So you can't tell by the mouth. Um, but by that long flowing golden hair, I'm going to have to say... It's Pete Dunn, because then breasts as well. The breasts give it away, didn't they? Uh, it is, in fact, you're right. It is here. Uh, so you get another one. And, uh, you know, this is, like I say, play at home, everybody. I'm posting these uh, as we speak to Instagram. I've got the next one here that I've just posted. Let me just uh, get it up for Dan. Not um, you usually have trouble. Wow. <laughs> now that is, uh... <laughs> you see, because you might be, you might be, uh, trying to confuse me by posting it with one of their four horsewomen stable mates <laughs> like it so I'm going to go I'm, I'm actually thinking you're trying to double bluff me but the black hand kind of gives it away and it is Shania Basler it is with one of her 
with Des- Jasmine Duke, yeah, Jasmine you're, Duke, you're yeah. right. Yeah, she is on there. Well, uh, I think, you know, you're trying to confuse me with the camel toe. <laughs> yeah. I know you like a good camel toe, so there's no Absolutely. doubt. Absolutely. All right, this one was a hot night in Rio, right? We were together. It was a great night drinking. He went. A, it, we went a little bit too far, though, like, with it. Next picture. That's got to be Shayna Basler. <laughs> off the off the knock. What do you see straight um, away? Looks like they're trying to be Jasmine from uh, Aladdin. A <laughs> uh, very fetching get-up, though. And it's something that I could see Pete Dunn wearing. But I'm going to go with Shania Basler. It's good, isn't it? I mean, uh, if you're not sure, you're going to go Basler. It is, in fact, Pete Dunn. Oh, damn it. That's a shame. Well, Pete Dunn. Well, the next one, uh, we went to a lovely Mexican restaurant. Uh, and we enjoyed a few uh, tequilas, as you were, and a few other things. And uh, at the end of the night, a fantastic picture. <laughs> wow. I mean, arriba! <laughs> we, uh, yeah. A, a lovely uh, Mexican hat there, and the shirt and cravat, which is very nice. And I know that Pete Dunn <laughs> hates <laughs> so I'm going to have to say it's Shana Vazda. You're good. You're good. It is Shane at Basler. So you only got one wrong uh, out of, of all of them so far. But there is one left. There's no doubt about this. So next up, last but not least. I looked how I loved how happy Basler looked in that picture. The last one's brilliant. First time I've seen a smile. Honestly, yeah. She was so happy to be with me. All right, this one. My word. I don't have to say anything. There you go. Oh, my days. <laughs> <laughs> just got out of the shower put on a dress looked like this yeah felt cute might delete later <laughs> yeah. it's got to be Pete Dunne because no way would Shana Basler pull off that over the shoulder look it I is am, I am actually anticipating <laughs> the one that you post ahead on a pornographic picture <laughs> because I know the day is coming hey hey would you think I'd do something like that yes yes I, I probably will for the next takeover <laughs> but um, I think Pete Dunne looks beautiful there absolutely yeah uh and that is i mean to be fair do i get you know strangely aroused when i look at these pictures sometimes maybe but that's partly enjoyment absolutely yeah and that is basler or done don't forget you can find us on instagram the wnr podcast and of course it will be posted across twitter as well so anybody's never heard us before we should really explain this is kind of what we do like it's it's this kind of talk but with Lots of great bants. We're, we're kind of, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, we're like Banter Claws. Yeah. The Archbishop <laughs> of Banterbury. Yeah, I mean, because up next is we're masturbating. So <laughs> we are going to be masturbating live on air. Yeah, and uh, like I say, if you've never listened and you weren't sure, me and Dan are just going to, we, we like at takeovers and pay-per-views to just look into each other's eyes and masturbate. And this one, we've only got one subject, but it is a doozy for me and the question is for our masturbate is what year was nxt the best yes so we've got a lot of choices obviously dan i'll let you shoot first i am going to go for the nxt class of 2012 Oh, you out of the box there, weren't you? Well, you know, it's you, you come up with these subjects, and I know you've you've done your research because 
I see on my script that you've already put in your year. So I thought if I want to beat you, I'm going to have to go big or go home. Wow, that is brilliant. Well, my pick for um, best NXT year is NXT in 2017, uh, which for me is just kind of the best year. Uh, but we're going to masturbate it, so we're going to take our time. You know, we've got, we've got ages yeah, left. Well, we, you know, as, as always with masturbating, we start off slow mm. and then we build to a rather loud shouty climax and and this is the beauty of it as well is because we've got ages we've started people some people have said to us we start a little bit too late two hours before they want to kind of start at nine because a lot of people in uh england and of course britain scotland everybody like that come for takeover a little bit before this is why we're doing it for we're giving everybody a chance so we can have a nice long luxurious mass debate here you know well we could even edge ourselves we can, you know we can literally like you know i don't know how long it's gonna last but it's gonna be good all right dan so why don't you start with why nxt 2012 is your class well i'm gonna start off with uh we're just going through some of the talent that was available from the nxt you know from recruits to the people that went up to the main roster in 2012 you know they all count as part of the class of 2012 so the people that went up, you know, a face like Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, you know, you might you might know them a bit better as the Shield. Do you remember them coming up and just running roughshod throughout the whole roster, completely dominating everyone from legends, you know, to, to upstarts, to anyone that was getting in their way. Um, not only that, you had the likes of Cesaro, a man who we both state, as being very, very underrated. Um, you know, you've got the Goldberg ripoff, Ryback. You've got Damien Sandow, who found fame as partnering with Cody Rhodes or being Mrs. Stunt Double. Also, um, didn't he win the Money in the Bank? Yep. Yeah. 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 Women's champion Naomi, Titus World Slide. I mean, you know, just them few names alone was just worth the admission of the class of 2012. Okay, do you know that is a very, very impressive class. You know, like I say, it's it's brilliant, and and the the that some of those guys have had. I've been fantastic. Majority of those guys. Well, I'm not going to knock you down just yet, okay? I'm just let me pay you a, a compliment. And then let me start talking, because I've gone 2017. So 2017 was a time in NXT where, for me, it was red hot. You had started off in, you know, like I said, 2012 all the way back. By 2015, Finn Balor was champion. The takeover events had started happening properly, uh, and they were involved. And I think 2017, it kind of really hit its stride, right? And these are just a couple of reasons why, right? So I'm just going to pull out a couple of events. But May 20th, 2017, right? Just just to, was TakeOver Chicago. Just a, a regular, regular Chicago match, right? And we had Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate for the United Kingdom title match. One of the greatest matches that WWE have done in the last five years on that TakeOver, all right? You talk about people on the card, Right, you've got like Authors of Pain, uh, DIY, DIY on there, Chump and Gagana, the tag team titles. That was the event 
where Champa turned on Gagano and disbanded DIY, which now leads two years later, the feud is still kind of ongoing and has been the biggest part of NXT television since then. Right? Not disputing the fact that Bobby Roode faced Shinzuki fucking Nakamura in January of that year in one of my favourite moments. Drew McIntyre won the NXT title that year. CN was being involved in such championship opportunities as well. And Oscar was the undefeated women's champion for the vast majority of that time as well. And for me, that's why 2017 was the kind of strongest year. What kind of great matches or moments have you got from 2012 from the NXT time? Or is it just about the superstars who made it? Well, I'm just, I'm just focusing on the superstars for now. I'm not giving you, you know, the full length. If I'm just teasing you with the tip, James, <laughs> I'm just telling you some of the... And do you know who joined... NXT in 2012. Who joined 2012? You've got the likes of Sammy Callahan, and I know you've told everyone that you've kind of subscribed to Impact Zone. So why don't you have a look on there and have a look at what Sammy Callahan's doing? You've got the likes of Charlotte. You know her? You know the daughter of Ric Flair? Woo! That Charlotte. Yeah, you've got Baron Corbin. Yeah, he might not have done too much. <laughs> oh no, you've got Baron Corbin. Shit. <laughs> you've got Brody Lee, who turned into. Luke Harper, yes. You've got Matt Marquis, who is Aiden English, yep. You've got Casey McKnight, Dawson. Oh. As in, you know, Dash and Dawson. Dawson, Dash and Dawson, yeah. One of the best tag teams yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, you've got Mercedes, who is Sasha Banks. You've got Pac, who is Neville. We know that Neville. That yeah. The Vina Rose is Bailey. You've got Summer Rose as well, but we won't mention her. <laughs> I mean, you know, just them alone. You've got three... Of the four horsewomen yeah. of WWE. Lame. You've got current women's champions. You've got, you know, you've got loads of talent now. I mean, you could just build a whole roster mm. with them and it would be a smash hit. Exactly. But more like, you know, superstars like Ember Moon is, is, is it'll be awesome. Oscar, if you spoke about, the, the Iconics. Yeah, um, but what have they done with Oscar? Uh, with Oscar? Well, they, well, you know, she has come up... Uh, I mean, you think about the reactions that she had with her as well, you know. And uh, Nikki Cross versus Oscar, last women's standard match. That was a year as well, by the way. Just in case you were wondering why it was so good. 2017, NXT was red hot. McIntyre came in and the Undisputed Era debuted in Brooklyn. Talk about another group who have dominated NXT in the years. Debuted Undisputed Era in 2017 as well. But what has... What have they done? Bobby Roode is champion. What's he done? He's changed his fucking name to Robert Roode, won the 24-7 title for about 20 minutes and done fuck all. What about your man, Drew McIntyre? He won the tag team championship for about three weeks and he's gone to do what? Be Shane McMahon's bitch. And what have your guys done outside the Shield? What, Roman Reigns? Yeah, outside the Shield. Well, he's kind of main evented <laughs> multiple no, no, no. WrestleManias. No, no. Not, one... not the Shield members. Anybody else on not in the shield. What the fuck have they done? Oh, Biggie, he's one of the best <laughs> tag team members you can Has get. Has he been champion on the main roster yet? He's been multiple time tag team champion. Oh, what about the tag? Well, Drew McIntyre was tag team champion with Dolph Ziggler. So don't let me talk about yeah, tag about team titles. Minutes, I said multiple time <laughs> tag team champion. What about um, people like Velveteen Dream? Any good? Or don't you like them either because they've done nothing at the main roster? Like we talked about. What about Alistair Black? I thought you liked Hallie B. I <laughs> do like Hallie <laughs> B, but Hallie he's B? not really made too much of an impact. He's had some knocking on the door. Oh, right. So you're just you're shitting over Hallie B then? Cesaro then. 
Cesaro, what's he? shit on him. What the fuck's he done? The bar. <laughs> oh, great. He was in a tag team for Should fucking... Should have been going for the WWE Championship. Uh, look, the Cesaro is a talent, you know. I'm just trying to go through the multiple events that NXT did in 2017, you know, uh, which... To be fair, it's just so many. It's just unbelievable, you know. Like NXT Takeover Brooklyn, they had there as well. Oscar's last match, Sanity. You remember them as well, you know. And Drew Drew McIntyre, Bobby Roode, Nakamura. You don't remember those great times. Yeah, but what have they done since? I mean, yeah, the NXT was good, but what have they? You know, how have they branched out from there? Okay, well, no, Finn Balor then. Right? Wasn't involved in either of our times. Is Finn Balor a great wrestler, a great champion, and whatever it is? is he He's like a great a... wrestler. He's not really had chance to be a great champion as yet. But he was Universal Champion. He fucked that up, didn't he? Well, no. He got injured, James. Well, he got injured. But yeah, exactly. But has he been near since? So is he a disappointment on the main roster then? He isn't a disappointment, no. He's building his way back up. If you put... So how is Drew McIntyre a disappointment then? Well, how many people... Chance? are getting fed up with <laughs> Seth Rollins. I've seen loads of people on Twitter and on social media, they're getting fed up with Seth Rollins and his facey-face heel run, and they're even preferring Brock Lesnar over him. But I'm saying to you, what I'm saying is, if you look at the... You're giving me a list of rosters, right, and NXT, but with NXT actual kind of how popular it was with the events... Uh, and and the shows that they had, like uh, TakeOver Chicago, TakeOver Orlando, TakeOver Brooklyn Free, they were kind of massive events. And if anybody's looking at NXT now, and they go, you say to someone, what year comes up to you? Oh, hi, Dan. Uh, I'm just interested in uh, what year should I go back to see NXT, maybe? Hmm? What year? Are you going to go 2012? Well, I'd say, yeah, go and watch it from the start. <laughs> Why did you go back to... Tw- Why would you... Why? What got you into watching NXT? Hearing about all these wrestlers that came up through it, like The Shield, Cesaro, Big E, seeing where all they came from. And it's like, oh, they've come from NXT. I want to see what they've done there. But you could... No, I, 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 look, all right, I'm saying, if you're going to go back and want to watch an event, right, as in takeover like Chicago, wherever it is, that's you. You're gonna to say to him, "Go back." You're gonna go go back to watch Bobby Roode as NXT champion. That was the greatest time in NXT history, and it was. I wouldn't say Bobby Roode. <laughs> All right, Drew McIntyre was the greatest. I wouldn't say Drew. Who would you say? All right, just who would you? What who would you say then? You would say 2012. Who's the greatest NXT champion? Yeah, come on, we've got time. That's coming out of the debate. Um, <laughs> I know I'm coming out of it, but I'll be coming soon. That is a tough one. That is <laughs> yeah. really hard. And then the winner, then whoever it is for you, that would be the year. So for me, the greatest NXT champion of all time would be either, well, a toss up between Nakamura Rude and McIntyre. There's my three favourites there, even though CM won as well. And then even when it was that, with a tag team match that we saw, it went from fucking uh, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, CN, Alistair Black. I mean, you can't make that shit up. How hot was that? We saw NXT live in Brighton, Dan. We saw it. We were front row, all right? And we saw it in 2017. How can I say that was the greatest time of NXT? 
I'm not saying it was a bad time in NXT. <laughs> we were live! But we we didn't get a chance to go live and see <laughs> NXT back then. But we did in 2017. <laughs> so you've got to say 2017 was a better year than 2012. I've not got to say it. <laughs> One of us has got to, got to give up in this match. you go from that, yeah? If you go right back into 2012 when they crowned the first ever NXT champion, yeah? Seth Rollins, the man who won the tournament outright, yeah? The first NXT champion. He beat Jinder Mahal. He beat Michael McGillicay, who is Curtis Axel. Yeah. Who did he beat in the quarterfinals, James? Drew McIntyre. Exactly. <laughs> I knew you were going to say so that. Drew McIntyre wasn't that. even good enough no. to... Get to the semi-finals. Right. I weren't going to do this. Tournament. I weren't going to do this. But most of the talent you've mentioned weren't signed up to NXT first. It was FCW. Yeah, but they came you, through NXT. No, no, no. If you want me to say that, yeah, they weren't signed exclusively to NXT. You look at the talent signed to the NXT roster during 2017. Did they represent NXT during 2017? Some of them did. Some of them didn't. Right, uh, Leaky fucking Roman. He didn't have any matches on NXT. It was only FCW stuff, and really wasn't featured. And then they came across. Rollins is a different case. The same with Biggie. I'll take that as well. But when you talk about guys as champions in that time. Then for me, 2017 is a much better time than 2012. Well, that is your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I know, but this is the whole point that we've got to come to a conclusion. Well, I'm I'm not going to give up because I think that this lot of NXT superstars have achieved and gone on to do better things than your list of NXT oh, I, wrestlers. I tell you what, then you've left me with no choice. Okay, right. I'll give you this. My roster was better, but your matches were better. No, I'm not going to agree. Are you going to give me a choice? Right, you've only made me one choice. We are going to let the people decide. Let the people decide. We will start a poll, and maybe in well, probably in time for the next takeover as well, and we will solve this mass debate, and we'll find out what is the better year, if it's Dan's 2012 or mine 2016. That seems to be the only fair way of us to get any resolution to this whatsoever, or else we'll be doing it up until takeover actually starts. Would you agree with that? I agree with that, yeah. So Fair enough. My God, that was quite a long mass debate, wasn't it, really? It was a very intense mass debate. (laughs) That's what we do, though. It's intense, and that's what it's about. Uh, right, so we're going to run through the card in a little bit. And like you said, TakeOver is still a couple of hours away, so we've, we've still got a long time. We're going to run through the card in depth as well. But up next, we're going to do NXT Update. And Dan, when does the next NXT Update start? Now! So it's episode 519, July 7th. The go-home show ahead of TakeOver Toronto hyped up the upcoming NXT Supercard this Saturday. Mostly featuring hard sell and hype. The show also had two matches, or what was supposed to be two matches. 
Well, the main event for this episode will advertise as Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane, but that match never happened after Dane struck after a sneak attack. The other match on the show did, however, take place as Shane Fawn looked to break out against Woke Cream Wild, the former DJZ. The most newsworthy aspect of the show was the announcement of two matches for next week that will be taped before the main card in Toronto tonight. And the closing segment on the episode was a special called Prime Target Takeover, and it focused on Adam Cole and Johnny Gagano's NXT Championship match on Saturday. This show opened with a contract signing for the NXT Tag Team title match at TakeOver. The Street Profits were introduced first, and they wanted to introduce their challengers. Montez Ford returned to their, referred to them as O'Reilly Auto Parts and Lawrence Fishbourne Jr. Well, cue the arrival of the Undisputed Era, the crowd chant Auto Parts at them. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish mocked the Profits, and Fish said the Profits were not on their level. He also went on to say that the Profits' autographs were in demand for the first time for their contract signing. O'Reilly told what he came was a joke by saying the Profits were tag champs. Ford replied by at first putting over the Undisputed Era, but then he said the champs cannot lose. Well, moreover, he asked what made them think losing was an option. Angelo Dawkins added that the Profits are going to beat that ass, and the crowd chanted just that. Dawkins said that was undisputed, and everyone signed the contracts. The segment ended rather peacefully as far as WWE contract signings go. A video package hyped the triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. Velveteen Dream defends the title against Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne at TakeOver. The hype video told the story of how the match was made and a story leading up to it. Corey Taylor of the band Slipknot cut a promo plugging TakeOver. The band's song is a theme for the Supercard on Saturday. Another video package looked at the NXT Women's Championship match at TakeOver with Shania Baszler defending against Mia Yim. And it is Shane Fawne versus Hakeem Wild. Yeah, and Shane Fawne, we saw him slamming the announce table by people he not getting a chance in NXT. And because, of course, uh, Wild was a part of the breakout tournament as well. So, I mean, Shane Fawne's going to send a statement. But a former member of TM61, Dan... Just judging by his look and what we've seen as a tag team, what do you think of Shane Fawn? Um, I think he's another one that they're trying to push, but I, I don't think it will be that successful, to be honest with you. I don't really see that much star power from him, and I think NXT at the moment is with uh, in-depth, you know, with the roster, if you look at it really, have they got in-depth the superstars, and I don't think they have. And I think maybe these are two guys that are looking to try and fill it out and say, look, this is where we want to go for the future. I mean, it's an interesting match on the go-home show of TakeOver. So, as far as uh, some of the breakout stars go, has there been any that have uh, impressed you? I would say there's been a couple. I mean, uh, Garza Jr. really came up, you know, short against my man. I think it's kind of gimmick ripping off the trousers and the, the kind of look that he's got. It's like that may work, you know. And I also think your pick as well, uh, it, it's, it's got a kind of look, that kind of gimmick's not really been done that many times. And I'm quite happy with uh, my, my dude, you know, even though he does smile a bit too much, you know. It's, it's nice to have something a little bit different again on the roster. Well, they will be facing off tonight before the main show. Are you still quietly confident about your Mr. Smiley Smiley? Cap- I might not be confident going into it, but as you know... Uh, I'm not very good with tournaments, but I'm just happy my guy got through to the final. Unfortunately, he stands to go against yours. I think I'd be impressed with your guy, the way he looked, especially in his, his kind of last match as well, you know. Are you just picking up my man because you know my man's going to win? Well, we'll find out, you know. We'll, we'll bring that to them on the, the kind of the next update that we do, and, and hopefully it'll be good news for me. Of course, we've got points on the line as well. But, uh, I mean, Wild was impressive enough in the breakout tournament, and like I said, his entrance, a bit similar to Mustafa Rally, 
but still he shows that uh, he, he wants to belong here and he's matching Shane Fawn at the moment as well. I'm not sure about his hair colours. It's definitely a choice, isn't it, that he's uh, he's it gone is, for. Uh, something wild, yes. <laughs> Goes with his name, to be fair, but... Yeah, you know, he's. I think everyone's trying to break out in NXT. And as you did mention before, it does need a bit of depth and strengthening. Yeah, these guys, week in, week out, we start even seeing like maybe little video packages about, you know, why they're there for. Obviously, like Shane Ford at the moment is annoyed that he didn't get a chance. And, and that's all right, but you kind of need to move forward from it. Is there any news on when uh, the puppet master Tommaso Ciampa will be back? Well, at the moment, his recovery is actually going quite well. So, I mean, there is, there's always a rumour that he's going to show up at the end of TakeOver, every TakeOver. But uh, at the moment, I think they're looking for November. So maybe around War Games time, we might see Chumper's return, you know. So, again, another interesting lay. They've lost so much and with so much talent going up to the main roster recently. Will Johnny Gagano be around in uh, NXT to see the return of Tommaso Ciampa? Do you reckon... Gagano will have made the jump up by then. Well, or I thought, down. Yeah, some people say it. This is the thing with Gagano is that he's he's got at this moment in time you'd think maybe it's his last shot at takeover. <laughs> I see what he did there. So we'll, we'll see what happens when it comes to that. But a debilitating brainbuster there by Shane Thorne, absolutely taken out wild. And I think he could have gone for the pin, but he chooses not to. And maybe showing a bit of arrogance, underestimating wild. So could this be the future of NXT? Do you think? Maybe not these two guys, but maybe where NXT are going, we're going to see kind of a lot of new talent, like the amount of guys they have signed who doesn't have a TV exposure. I mean, you could argue the people that seen at TakeOver tonight have been the most featured on TV these past couple of years, you know, when you've got the Undisputed Era, of course, Johnny Gagano as well, even Velveteen Dream at this moment in time, Shania Basler, Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne, they've all kind of been around for a little while, and it's just nice to see new guys getting a chance. Where Shane Thorne can make it, you know, I'm getting a, a little sniff of Mike Kanellis with the, a frustrated guy with the kind of the roster and having to get a general manager doesn't like the kind of guys coming in. Just ends up kind of being a bit pointless because he never gets anywhere. And he gets beaten by the general manager. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he's not that bad yet, but he's, he's just trying to hurt Wild now, proving a point. This is a kind of match where you can see Wild getting a sneaking roll-up victory and getting a beatdown for his victory. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And this is the thing, Shane Thorne, to give him a chance is good after losing, well, not losing his partner, Nick Miller. He decided to leave NXT, not like he died or anything like that. So, I mean, TM61, or the Mighty have fallen on quite a known tag team. It's, it's interesting to see these guys going their separate ways as Wild finally recovering. To think this is them saying, look, you know, Shane Fawn, you've stuck around. You could have left with Miller, but we're going to... Yeah, I think without a doubt. That's a storyline. Well, I mean, you know, and, and I think it'll help him look confidence-wise, you know, just to see. Give him a chance. If it works out, fine. If it doesn't, then you've lost nothing, you know, have you? So... Yeah, well, you know, you, you could see him getting the victory and then going on to the next breakout star and then, you know, going through these guys and, you know, eventually getting a name for himself, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, without a doubt. And saying, look, you know, I've beaten them all. I deserve a shot and then getting it. Now, Wild now with back elbow knocking Fawn. Charges in with a back elbow and a couple of chops across the chest. And Wild's getting himself into this match as he jumps over the oncoming Fawn but runs into a back elbow. Catches Fawn from the second rope, delivers a powerbomb into the cover. Two. Oh. Unlucky. Well, somehow managing to kick out. Uh. Did Shane Fawn and maybe he's uh, regretting the chance that he had. And Wild now maybe looking to end things here. Waiting for him to get to his feet. Wild's through looking for that DDT. But 
but gets caught and pushed off. Just a chop across the chest for his travels, followed up by a huge elbow from Fawn. But Wilde doing his best to fight out. It fired him up a little bit, and now am I going to go for the clothesline? No, he just runs into an uppercut. Upper what? And now Wilde grabs the hands of Fawn. Double foot to the face. The Fawn recovering on the outside. Is Wilde going to go flying? It's a leap over the top rope. But Fawn, very wise, runs out the way. But not far enough as Wilde dives through the turnbuckle. Takes out Fawn. And a dangerous suicide dive. Back in now. Wilde sailing over the top rope. A beautiful move. And now he's going to build some momentum up. Maybe try again, I thought. No, showing actually a little bit of experience. Just wants to count out. And just car up to eight and Fawn struggling to get in. Now nine, but he breaks the count and rolls right back to the outside again. And they're kind of stopping any momentum that Wild had. But Fawn's got the arm, pulls down on it, and Wild lands on the outside. Oh, and then sent head first into the ring post, followed up by the steel steps. Now Fawn just getting really aggressive. And throws him up the entrance way and just continues with the kicks. And this is an assault. <laughs> Sending him head first off the edge of the ring. Throws Wild back in the ring. And now Fawn signalling for the end. Oh! Running knee strike. And that nearly took the head off Wokering Wild. Two, three. And he gets the victory. Dan, what are your thoughts on that and their performances? Um, yeah, you know, I like showing some a bit of aggression. He has got the, the build and the look of a, of a wrestler. And, yeah, you know, I think this storyline could actually go somewhere. Well, it's interesting times and not a bad match for both men showing what each could do. And like I said, with Fawn, if given a chance, I think it can be impressive enough on NXT. But anyway, the, like I said, the basic book... Uh, no, we did a bit. Yeah, another video package hyped the grudge match to take over between Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. And we get a tribute video to honour the memory of the late, great Harley Race. And our next match is Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. I know this is a match that you're looking forward to. Well, here comes bro. 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 And I'm surprised he's not at a takeover because a killing day Matt Riddle match. Is it worthy of a takeover, Dan, do you reckon? That cunt's not worthy of fucking peeling the shit off the floor. <laughs> See, I told you, Matt Riddle, we both hate him now. No, I fucking hated him from no, the start. No, I told you I hated no, him I first. No, I hated him from hey, the start. Killian Dane hates him more. Because he's attacked Matt Riddle on his way out. When I, mean, I was going to say we're looking forward to the match, but uh, the beatdown a couple of weeks ago was fantastic through the stage. And now the flip-flop-wearing fucking idiot is getting beaten up by Dane. I hated him from the start. He's trying to fight back, but Dane's just too big, too powerful. Head butts him down. Riddle up against the steel stairs now. And Dane sends in a message. <clears throat> Not only to Riddle, but the roster. Oh! Cannonball to Matt Riddle, who was sat up against the steel steps. Oh, it's a damn shame, isn't it? Oh. Well, Killian Dane dominant, and we might not have a match, but Dane's made his statement. He doesn't like Matt Riddle. And thoughts on that, Dan? <laughs> Gutted. <laughs> Sucks to be Riddle, doesn't it? Well, like we said, announced for next week's episode two matches that will be taped in Toronto on Saturday before the takeover card begins. One of those matches is the finals of the breakout tournament with my pick Jordan Miles or the former ACH facing... My pick Cameron Grimes or the former Trevor the Caveman Lee, who's going to win it, by the way. Well, the other matches are reuniting of Breeze and Fandango meet the Forgotten Sons. Fandango claimed this would be Breezango's reimagined, so they may get a makeover of sorts. 
The rest of the show was all hard sell for TakeOver tonight. The closing segment was a lengthy featurette hyping Adam Cole and Johnny Gagano's two out of three falls match for the NXT Championship. The Prime Target TakeOver special is also available as a standalone VOD on the WWE Network. Nothing earth-shattering in it, but it was a very well-produced piece of business. Without a doubt, and like I said, a very basic episode of NXT, but it did the job because now we're more prepared for TakeOver than ever before. But I did ask you a question, Dan, before update, and I want to know if you've got an answer. Who is your favourite NXT champion of all time? Mine has got to be my man, Ali B. Oh, Ali B. Yes, uh, well, on. you know, I've kind of discovered that he didn't win the title until 2018, so that kind of puts him out of your bracket, so you can't go, oh, look, your favourite champion was in my era, so... Do I sound like that? You do. <laughs> you really do. So, Alistair Black, your favourite NXT champion. Have you got any interest in mine? I'm sure you're going to tell me anyway. Well, I was going to say mine is Drew McIntyre, without a doubt, the uh, best NXT champion of all time. Colour me surprised. Yeah, well, you know, there it is. Uh, So there's our favourite NXT champions. But now we look towards TakeOver Toronto. And Dan, are you actually excited for tonight's TakeOver? I am very excited, yeah. There's some uh, good matches that I'm looking forward to. I suppose the one that I'm not really looking too forward to is the Basler versus Yim match, Mm. but... You never know, it might surprise. It might surprise. So let's start through by running through the cards. And uh, we'll start off with Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. And these two women have kind of gone back and forth recently, but they used to be the best of friends. But now they're the worst of enemies. I am next NXT Women's Champion. Io Shirai takes some time to reflect and focus with someone she's become very friendly with, Candice LeRae. Don't worry about the other two, okay? I'm here for you, okay? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you got this. Just focus on Shayna. You got this. Yes. Got this. Yes. Oh, trouble for Baszler! Oh, wait a minute. Here comes the horsewomen. And here's Candice LeRae. Io Shirai is not alone. Shirai cheering on Candice LeRae. She should focus on Baszler. That's a tap. That's a tap. And still, NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler. Shirai devastated. The hype was that Io Shirai had the skill set to be the one to dethrone Shayna Baszler. Oh my god! Io Shirai has snapped! Candice LeRae isn't sure about this. Shirai desperate to claim the NXT Women's title. It's all about the NXT Women's title and it is chaos in this steel cage match. And here's Candice LeRae! And she's evening the odds! LeRae trying to give Shirai the opportunity! Mamma mia! Now Shirai! Oh my god! Shirai's gonna do it! Oh my god! 
Well, the third time wasn't the charm. Io Shirai falling short yet again. So we've seen a completely different side to Io Shirai with Candice LeRae. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match, Dan? Well, is this the sh- side that Io Shirai needs to tap into to kind of reach that top level to be able to overcome what Shania Baszler can actually deliver. Well, th- this is the, the thing, isn't it? You know, with uh, Io Shai, it was all about that. And the fact that, you know, we've basically... Is it her, you know, the, the thing that she can't overcome? And she had to resort different means to get there. And in the way, has, has Candice LeRae is the sacrifice, you know? Or will we see Candice LeRae kind of build from this? Because she has been around for a little while now, but it's not really caught fire yet, has she, you know? No, she hasn't. Uh, again, you know, is this the kind of face run that Candice LeRae needs? She's got beaten down by Shirai. It, you know, can she overcome this? And will she be able to step up and be the next challenger for Shayna Baszler? It's, it's one that could go either way. Without a doubt. And I think this is the interesting thing about it. But we can say you kind of need to see a little bit more fire about her. And, and hopefully tonight we see her in more competitive nature because she's kind of more known for Johnny Gagano, you know, and being a part of that kind of a feud and rivalry with Chumper. It's kind of taken away from her in ring. I think she's a wrestler. There's not a doubt about that, you know, and especially her history in the independent scene. Uh, and to go up against Io Shai, who I really love this new kind of the, the look and the gimmick as well, you know, when you talk about a badass Shai. Uh, can she get to that level that is needed to become a success? I think she definitely has it in her. But again, you know, with Shania Baszler kind of ruling the roost, is it time for a new heel champion or is it time for a face to shine for a bit? But mm. well, I think that's the interesting thing, what the kind of plan is for NXT. But I think for Shai, will she maybe get lost in the shuffle a little bit if she goes up to the main roster? We talk about the state of the women's division at the moment not being used. Well, do the Bukaki Warriors need a third member? Well, the thing is, though, there was Sky, you know, Sky Pirates were very entertaining, but that was kind of ended a bit prematurely, and we've not really seen it on the main roster what's happened there. And you think same might be in NXT a little while longer. Let's go along. I know people say I'm stereotypical because, but that's how Vince McMahon thinks, you know. And when yeah. when you've got 
you know, people that make Rossi's going to look at you and go, right, here's my choices. And nine times out of ten, it'd probably be Le Blonde anyway, you know. So, I well, think... Well, you know, here's... Sorry to interrupt, but here's a thought. You could have Oscar, Io Shirai, um, you know, the Bukaki Warriors with Io Shirai and Mia Yim going against the Four Horsewomen. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Good, yeah. obviously, you know, you've not got um, Ronda Rousey about anymore, so... You know, it's it is an option there, is because he might be building for the future. Who is going to face the four horsewomen when they kind of eventually come back together again? You know, because it's going to be inevitable, isn't it? But do you think the lack of development from Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke is holding that back at the moment? Then, um, I think to go off and develop on their own, you know, like. Again, referring back to the original Four Horsewomen, I think, you know, like they've done, they've kind of gone off and done their own things. Uh, I know we've seen uh, Banks and Bailey as tag team champions, but, and Charlotte and Becky Lynch have kind of come together as well. But, you know, they've, they have done their own things and they've had their own storylines outside of the Four Horsewomen, whereas I think that's kind of what's holding... Duke and Shafir back. Yeah, but I think the state of the, the, the women's division at the moment as well, when you think about the last time I was kind of really excited about it, it was with Kari Sane, you know, was going around being a crazy self, won the title, and you thought, oh, okay, we're going to see a kind of new thing now, feud with Shai down the road. Lost the title to Baszler, it's been all Baszler since, hasn't it? Uh, and now, I think Shai's turn of gimmick, uh, turn, turn the character has kind of made me interested. It's one of the last time, you know, like I say, that was the last time. This is the time now I'm thinking, oh, that could interest me going along. I'm not interested in, in Basil later on. I'm interested in Shai and see where she's got something that actually gets me interested. So I'll give her that. Whereas the question is, is Candice LeRae going to be a sacrificial lamb or are they going to play it along longer and actually have a rivalry that brings Candice LeRae out as well? So that is the question we're going to see, you know. Well, this is definitely a rivalry that kind of could bring out the best of both women. Yeah. And it, it might, without a doubt, and you need something personal, and then you can harness that for later on as well, as with kind of other matches as well. You know, have that history of building upon. They've already got it that they were, they were friends, and now, of course, they're feuding as well. well uh, it's just like, you know, the Johnny Gagano Tommaso Ciampa thing, isn't yeah. it, really? But just over a shorter scale of time. I suppose so, but if it. Kind of, like I said, we always talk about story and meaning, and now we know Shy's meaning is to. You know, destructive. She just wants to get to the women's championship, and it's going to be an interesting kind of journey to get on. And if it helps Candice along the way, I think that'd be great. You know, absolutely, yeah. But uh, I mean, like I said, and another interesting thing at Takeover is another women's match on the show. And I, I, my memory is pretty good, good, but I can't remember having two women's matches at a Takeover event. If it's not happened since, you know, since the Four Horsewomen on NXT, maybe. But that's the last time I can remember because we like to see we've got the women's title later tonight. All right, what do you want as the next match then, Dan? Um, well, let's go for the women's championship. On the women's subject, let's go for Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim for the NXT Women's Championship. I grew up in SoCal, near LA. It was a war zone, right outside my house. I had to be staying on my own two feet since day one. I be in it all night, I be in it all day. Tango ombre, eat verses like they Wrestling was an escape. I was born to fight. This is 
just going to be the beginning. Because of the fans, because of their support, they're the reasons why I'm here. And I'll be damned to let them down. My motivation to become NXT Women's Champion is to show these people that it's possible, even when everything is against you. She's got a great story. Pulled herself up from the streets, came from nothing. It's going to take a little more than a great story to impress me. When you're in the ring across from me, story always ends the same. Tap. She is dangerous. Ruthless. Malicious. Nap. Disagreeable. Calculate. Merciless. Snap. The first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. This division is more talented than it's ever been. And I'm the champion. I got hired on this company based on what I achieved. She got hired because a bunch of fans chanted her name. Has she earned a title shot? She hasn't even earned her job here. Shayna's only been dominant because she had these two bitches behind her back. Has she ever won anything on her own? I'm not just the champion. I'm the feared champion. It's always been Shayna plus two. That's why I took out her two lackeys. She attacks them from behind and injures them? Mia Yim doesn't even deserve a title shot. She deserves a prison sentence. What's it like to know that you ain't the baddest woman in NXT anymore? Take over Toronto, I will put her and her street trash fantasies to sleep. At TakeOver Toronto, she's gonna be looking across the ring, no friends, no allies, and see someone that doesn't fear her. She doesn't compare to me, and she surely hasn't achieved the things that I have. The NXT Women's Championship is coming to the HBIC. This is my championship. This, this is, is my division. So, very interesting build-up there. I mean, like, is Mia Yim taking out Shafir and Duke and saying, basically, you can't win it one-on-one. That's been disproven in the past, and I think that's my problem with the Baszler character. So, I don't know what to hit first. And where should we go for? Should we go my our problem with Baszler's character? Should we go with Mia Yim not being ready to challenge the state NXT uh, title or the women's division in general? Um, let's start with Shania Baszler uh, because it's good to get the venting out of the way. Um, uh, we've mentioned it on numerous occasions because, you know, we've seen it on NXT UK with Walter and Imperium. And we've seen the tag team go. They've won their match. They haven't had another member of Imperium there. We've seen it with Walter having one-on-one matches again, not needing his other three stable mates. But with Shania Baszler, we've not really seen her looking strong and comfortable without having Duke and Shafir by her side or running in interference in some way or other. This is my problem with Baszler's inconsistency of character of being a badass when she first came in in the Mae Young Classic. It was her on her own kind of saying, this is what I can do. And that's why I became a really big fan. And even when she, you know, started wrestling in NXT, I was still quite behind her. Up until the point of introducing Shafir. Because, for me, 
Baze is a guy, it would be... It's like Brock Lesnar being assisted by the Spirit Squad to win matches. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is the best I could describe it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I... <laughs> like, you're Brock Lesnar. You don't need a fucking Spirit Squad to help you win. Why are they helping you win for? It's it's crazy. Like, yeah. they are useless. It kind of takes away from her fastness, <laughs> really. Yeah. I mean, it just makes her look like an idiot that fucking... hasn't got the strength to win things on her own. So, who's going to help me? Elmo and Big Bird. Come on, guys. Come on down and give me, give me a hand. Then again, Elmo has been known for a past with wrestlers. You know, such as Sonny, shall we say. Uh, (laughs) It's a very early shout out to a podcast, actually. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Quite a comical podcast. I think number one or two. Yeah, it was really early on about that. Goff Peast. Baszler is just so boring. Like, Oscar, undefeated, was perfect, uh, as she was, you know, uh, and the way they played it. But why would NXT want to copy that again? Uh, with Baszler, I kind of have no idea. I when they say how she's undefeated and how long she had, I do not care. And to me to say that is is really bad because I just don't. I don't care how long Baszler's had it. She's not even if she the days of Oscar. I think it was shit. Oscar for me is the undefeated one. You know, Baszler is just there, and it's the same thing every single match. It is, yeah. You know. She, you know, she starts winning, gets beaten down a bit, and then Duke and Shafir come out, and then they kind of interfere somehow or other, you know, just by stepping onto the ring apron or, or whatever. But is that kind of, you know, making everyone else look dumb? I mean, you know, for me, if I was Mia Yim, aside from looking at myself a lot in the mirror, I would have a couple of women that I could rely on to say, look, if they come out, you come out, even the odds, so I don't look like an idiot mm. going out there yeah. all on my own. Because the last woman that tried just one friend ended up turning on her and they got a match tonight as well. So, you know, this is the thing. I, I, I like the fact that she's attacked them and they won't be involved. But this is the thing. They will be involved. You know what I mean? Like, they'll come out in crutches or, or it'll be something fucking stupid and annoying and Yim will do a finisher but then get caught in the clutch, look like she's passing out but fight it, you know, earn Baze's respect but probably get passed out still. Unless Yim just fucking runs through her. I but don't care, you know, like... Could there come a time when they, Jessamine Duke and Shafir come out to assist Shayna Baszler but inadvertently cost her Shayna Baszler kind of cements a face turn, and then we see a face Shayna Baszler going against the heel Io Shirai, uh, you know, down the line a bit, and kind of like a Shayna Baszler. Would you respect her more, or has she kind of lost that much credit that there is no coming back from this? Look, you know, with Pete Dunne, right, he's the guy with the face, and you think, I'm never going to cheer for him, but obviously you do. With Baszler, it look very similar. But with the face, you need to be a heel, you know? I Can you... Like we talk about, when's the last time you saw Baszler smiling or anything like this? You know, happy to be. It's not. But you've never seen her as a face, so you know you might see her. What's she going to come and like? You know, clap all the fans' hands and be like, "Yay!" Hug well, all the baby you know, faces. we've we've seen Brock Lesnar as a face. We've seen him yeah. bloody with a mariachi yeah, band no, dancing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's not completely untoward. We've seen Braun bloody Strowman as a face, for God's sake. I mean. The thing is, I think Duke and 
connected to Baszler for as long as possible because without her, I don't think they've they've got nothing, you know. And I think that's the point at this moment in time. And it's it's sullied the women's division, though, for Baszler to say it's the strongest division they've ever been is just wrong as well. And, and don't get me wrong, people are going to say, well, she's a heel, she's saying that, you know, to get a reaction. It's not, but I just think it's been quite subpar booking, you know. I, I don't have a go at NXT, but at the moment, I feel like, I don't know what Triple H is doing, but even due to where the talent is or the roster, it's just, it's not kind of giving it the, the best. And I think this is a match that, like you say, is is put on there. And you're like, well, what was the story? You know, what was... Why, why is this happening right now with the women's division? And it's it's kind of depressing a little bit in a weird way. Absolutely, yeah. So, without giving too much away in predictions, how do you rate Mia Yim's chances? I, I hope Yim wins. But every time I go against Baszler, she, she, she wins. So, I mean, am I going to go... Shall I go Yim again and just be like, look... But Io Shai failed so many times... Everybody does. She'd go for a finishing move and, like you said, get caught in the kill. Baszler's going to... It's going to be a horrible night for that. Baszler's going to carry on. Well, we've seen Baszler get rolled up while she's got the clutch applied. So, you know, stranger things have happened, but it does seem like a match that is going to go strongly in Baszler's favour. Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem. And then who's next? Who's the next face who can step up to to Baszler next? Well, depending on what happens between Candice Lorraine and Shirai, I mean, that could be an option. Or, as you say, you know, Rhea Ripley could come across. I don't know. It's it, it, it's at the moment, it doesn't look like there's that many faces, yet Baszler continues to be champion. Could Th- someone drop down? Well, I mean, th- yeah. You know, there's rumours of a imminent Sasha Banks, because she's so, look, you know, I've had enough of this. I'm going to come into if, it. If she and did it's that, kind of like a, if she did that, a four horsewomen shout out as well. I would go fucking mental. You know, that would be one of the greatest. Or well, maybe CM Punk might come. CM Punk GTS. <laughs> <laughs> fucking that's, that's what I'm. Up well, for. that's kind of thinking far too far outside the box. But you know, a potential Sasha Banks. There yeah. is. You know, it, I said Naomi. I said Naomi. Anybody. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said. The thing about takeovers is always better than you think. And I don't want to be such a downer on uh, the women's division at the moment. But when NXT UK is doing so well, and of course we'll be having that at the end of the month, and the amount of talent they've got, it just doesn't make sense at the moment, you know. So um, uh, it's a little bit weird. And I, and I still think the same thing with the, uh, like I was talking about the whole kind of roster at the moment, kind of taken a bit down. But still, they always deliver takeovers, so shouldn't be depressive about it, you know. Have you got high? What you got high hopes for? Let's talk about high hopes. You got high hopes for tonight, haven't you? I have. Yeah, you know. Again, <laughs> in my opinion, I think four out of these five matches are going to be very good. You know, the Adam Cole, Johnny Gagano, Johnny Gagano always fucking delivers yeah. at takeover events. Uh, Velveteen Dream and Pete Dunne in the same match is going to be awesome. You're going to see the rivalry between Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong, Street Profits and the. They're probably my full favourite match. And Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, I mean, it's going to be a grudge match, so it's going to be hard-hitting. Is it an unsanctioned match or is it a... I think it's just a normal match. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, there's a chance. 
I think yeah, I could lose their shit with it. But like I say, we've got a couple of matches that we're looking forward to. Another match that is going to be a little bit, uh, going to be very interesting actually, is going to be the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era. And like I said, the Undisputed Era have a chance tonight to walk away with all the gold. And like we saw on NXT Update, um, the Street Profits signed their contracts with the Undisputed Era. You guys are probably the best tag team in NXT ever. I'm not going to argue with that. So with that being said, what makes you think that losing is an option? What makes you think that since now, 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 now that we're featured, now they, they, they see us. Now, they see us. Now, they feel us. What makes you think? As far as we have come in our lives, what makes you think that losing is an option? There's only one option, and that's to win, 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 And no one went through a fucking table. I still don't believe that. Uh, contract signing, nothing happened. I mean, that is... When have you ever seen a contract <laughs> signing where nothing of note happened? No, honestly. I mean, it was just signed. It. To be fair, they nearly killed each other in a ladder match that I still remember very fondly uh, with the four teams. Of course, Lorcan and Birch as well with um, Forgotten Sons. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I've, I've got a picture on my phone of... Uh, handsome Kyle O'Reilly kind of possibly taking home the award for Johnny Gagano most punishment taken in a match for the year and he's had his back sewn up by Shawn Michaels and William Regal well there we go so you know but Kyle O'Reilly is a lot of fun Bobby Fish is involved in the tag team titles as well you know with the Street Profits we talk about excitement why are we not that excited for this match um I don't know we should be because it does contain O'Reilly and Fish. And despite me not liking the Undisputed Era, they're kind of growing on me like a tumour. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe it's just Adam Cole that I don't like. But <laughs> O'Reilly especially, I think he's a great worker. Yeah. He's comical in the ring, but he's serious as well. And it's... I think, you know, that's kind of what you need in this era. Bobby Fish, he seems a lot more serious. Yeah. Um, as for the Street Profits, again, you know, it's meh. I'm not 100% struck on them, but I haven't seen them a lot. You know, so it's it's kind of one, you know, they they could potentially grow on me or they could not. 
I think they need more, as we said earlier, you know, they're a great tag team, but I think NXT, to be NXT, would, would benefit them a lot more than going up to the main roster. Even though they're on Raw, you know, we saw them backstage, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go up to the main roster. I think, for me, not to give away too much prediction, I think Street Profits need a victory tonight to validate their tag team title run, because they've not defended it, have they? They've not been involved in that many matches. And especially against someone that you could class as the strongest team in mm. NXT at the moment. Because they can lose and then get another match easy enough. Do you know what I mean? Adam Cole's got enough pool if he was, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, it is. But then again, you know, it could be just the undisputed era's time. I, I... Well, no, wouldn't we? I think as soon as, do you think both titles, <laughs> this is difficult. Yeah, I think if a title changes hands with the undisputed era, you're going to start thinking, hang on a second here. This is this is going to happen tonight. Well, if if say Roderick Strong's in one of the early matches before the tag team championships yeah, yeah, yeah. and he wins, you're going to think, well, I think the undisputed era are going to win now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then you know Adam Cole's going to keep hold of his title. But again, you know, it's strange. Strange things do happen. Now, this I think right because people say it's so predictable, the undisputed are going to win it. Right, or it's going to happen. We, you know it's kind of going to happen at one point. But with TakeOver, you kind of... You could go different on all the picks tonight, I feel, and you might get a chance. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's no real... If you look at every single per- person in a match, even like Io Shai, who's like a monster at the moment, maybe Mia Yim is the weakest, you know? I think but there's then only again, one... If I was to bet my house on one match, it would be Shayna Baszler to beat Mia Yim. I wouldn't like to, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable betting my house on any of the other matches. Well, a lot of people said Jim might take the title off base, but this is a problem. There's a lot of talk about everything, you know, and like you said, apart from that, I wouldn't be sure about anybody. Anybody could walk out champion tonight and I'd be like, oh, I can see why they've done it. I didn't do it. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't get it though. So I think that's what's interesting about a takeover. Uh, and I think the Street Profits, you know, that's a good team in the Unspeaked Era are, are, have been one of the Okay, we talked about greatest NXT tag team cha- uh, NXT champions. How great a tag team are a Fish and O'Reilly, or is it un- unfair because of kind of Roderick Strong involvement as well? Well, you know, it was Roderick Strong and O'Reilly that initially won the tag team championships, but again, I, I think they're a very, very good tag team. But I wouldn't say they are the greatest NXT tag team no. that I've seen. No, I, I don't think so. And but I think. They have, like I said, an opportunity to deliver great matches each time as well. And I think that's what's good. Even about the Undisputed Era, it's still going to be a great match. you know. And I think that's credit to them. And even credit to the NC roster. They'll all be good matches apart from the base of the one. You know what I mean? So it won't be too bad. Uh, anything else on the tag team titles? Now, again, you know, I think uh, Dawkins and Ford, they've got a bit to prove. But they was impressive in the matches that we've seen. You know, they have had good matches that ladder match I think all four teams produced a very you know again it is it's a kind of one on one so they're not going to get lost in the shuffle now you know it is going to be the whole focus on them so yeah I hope it's a good match no doubt and like I said it's a big night for the Undisputed Era because Roderick oh go on Dan do you want to do the (laughs) Well, it is a big night for the Undisputed Era because, you know, 
if they do win a tag team championship match, then in this next match that we're going to talk about, the Velveteen Dream versus Pete Dunne versus Roderick Strong for the North American Championship. Undisputed Era is calling themselves the omnipotent force here in NXT. And Roderick Strong with designs on the North American title. Roderick Strong is one hell of a man. They don't call him the Messiah of the Backbreaker for nothing. But no matter who he is or what he can do, if he gets the experience that he is asking for, this is the most confident and capable I've ever seen Roderick Strong. Strong will know that he is not big enough to ride this ride. Velveteen Dream. The Velveteen Dream NXT's provocative prodigy. I don't think you deserve to be the North American champion. From sea to shining sea. Check him out, Velveteen Dream. This man is a symbol of hope. He's a symbol of freedom. Purple Rainmaker. Velveteen Dream is still the North American champion. You know I am the real deal, and I can take your title like that. Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream. I'm the longest reigning champion in NXT history. The Bruiserweight United Kingdom champion. Nearly two years. It's that title history that made William Regal believe Pete Dunne should be in with a title opportunity for the North American title. So a takeover Toronto. I'm going to win that North American championship. Wait a second. Oh! And then I'll break my own record. Triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. The dream represents North America. I'm the guy that put NXT UK on the map. And the last time the dream checked, he stands here, NXT North American Champion. Oh, my! Takeover Toronto. I gave the United Kingdom Championship prestige. The result is undisputed. I'm going to do the same for the North American Championship. You know who might have regrets, men that call the dream's name without reason. Dream over. Well, when you talk about matches on the card, this is one I'm really excited for. Uh, Roderick Strong's a guy who's been around for ages, and I think he can still deliver in the ring. You know, talk about being part of the Undisputed Era. I think he's a great worker. But, you know, you think, oh, it's going to get the feud of Velting Dream that we know, you know, kind of fight for the title. And then they just throw in that grenade of Pete Dunne. Yes, and uh, a lot of times they say throwing in a grenade can spoil a match and can make it worse. But I think if you're ever going to throw in a grenade that makes the match a thousand times better... The Pete Dunbomb is the one to throw in there. Without a doubt, you know, like you said. But I want to argue this. Well, I don't know if I'll argue this now or later. But I feel Pete Dunn should have been put in the NXT title match to make it a triple threat. I would have liked that more than the North American title. Yeah, I, I see what you want because it's more for selfish reasons as opposed for what is best for business. Well, I love Pete Dunn, though. I know you love Pete Dunn. <laughs> And he should be facing Shane Nabasla for the NXT <laughs> Women's Championship. I know we face for face. We struggle <laughs> to tell him apart. We'll have a fucking and, clue. It would be the first time that they'll have been seen side by side ever. Yeah. So that would kind of close 
a book on something for us. But I, I know you'd want him in the NXT Championship. Him in the the North American Championship makes makes a lot more sense because you've got the Pete Dunn Roderick Strong storyline going there. You've got the Roderick Strong Velveteen Dream. So what are they going to do? They're going to start off by both both Dream and Dunn, like you know pushing each other out of the way to get at Roderick Strong and Roderick Strong just stands back and lets them beat them out of each other or you know is it is there going to be a few ways of doing it I don't know but Strong really impressed me at takeovers and in, in kind of bit, we saw the match against Pete Dunne in losing effort uh, but you know and even against Matt Riddle at a takeover you know memorable performances by him uh, so there's no, there's no doubt in that but it's just something for me missing and Pete Dunne's a guy who I think the problem is with Pete Dunne, and the reason why I'm thinking more Roderick Strong at the moment is if Dunne wins it, he's going to hold it for fucking ages. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, he ain't going to lose it in a month, is he? But would you class it as a step up or a step down for, for Pete Dunne? Like, you know, going from the UK Championship to the North American Championship? Do you know, say, it, like, I think it is. and I. But then again, I've got such high... Thoughts of Pete Dunne that forget about, you know, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Have Pete Dunne come through and attack Rollins and you can have something new for a pay-per-view. And actually, that would be just imagine Seth Rollins versus Pete Dunne for the Universal title back then. Would have been fucking magical. And then you can have mix him up with fucking Brock Lesnar if you want. I think that is where I see Pete Dunne as North American champion. Is he there to just hold every single title in NXT, do you reckon? Again, you know, that is that is another route that they could go through. You know, he could hold the North American Championship, go through, hold the NXT Championship, and then kind of work his way up. I think he's even small enough to get the 205 Live gold as well. But when do you think Pete Dunne is ready for the main roster, or do you think he's ready now? I think he's ready now, but it would be wasted to send him up now. If that makes sense. You yeah. know, he could hold his own against anyone on the main roster. But I think the main roster needs to slim itself down a bit before... Because Pete Dunne, I know he's a standout performer, but he would get lost in the shuffle because there's other guys that Vince McMahon says, I like Roman Reigns, damn it! And so on and so forth. That's the problem. I think uh, Pete Dunne is a guy who needs... Uh, a kind of story and a goal and a point of where to go and I think you know you look at guys like you said Roman Reigns there's always got all Seth Rollins oh, we, we always know where these guys are going to gonna go in the next you know couple of months or so I think Dunn needs that you can't just bring him up and then just be like I hope NXT aren't just bringing him up to be like oh we can chuck him in this match and this is for this reason uh, to get him on there but afterwards we don't really know what to do with him uh, hopefully they've got a plan of going right, we're going to put you here and this is where you're going to be in a year's time you know so that's what I hope with Pete Dunn but do you think separating him from British Strong Style is going to be a mistake? Yeah. Or do you think it's something that they could come back together and they could go against the OG club or whatever they're called now? I, I don't know. I don't know because they, they haven't been that successful when you think of British Strong Style and the way they've kind of been told or, or told in NXT in the story. It's kind of just now him being separated for them and, and leaving Mustache Mountain in NXT UK. I, even though I'm really excited for this match, I would rather seen, and I don't know if it's going to be quite controversial, and we might argue at next takeover, I'd rather seen Pete Dunne versus Walter again than Tyler Bate. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick, but that's 
might yeah, be Yeah, but personally. you look back to one of the greatest matches we've seen, which was Tyler Bate versus <laughs> Pete Dunne. And Tyler Bate held his own against Pete yeah. Dunne. And, you know, he was the first yeah. ever. I know you kind of overlook the fact that he is the first holder of the UK Championship yeah. where Pete Dunne has held it for forever and a week. Well, yeah, he worked for 700 days, you know. That is that is, uh, that is impressive. And like I said, if Dunne wins the Championship, he's going to keep hold of it for a very long time. So the fact is, if the undisputed era then can't have all the gold, would that mean Roger's storyline from early in the year? would then be discommunicated from Undisputed Era. Could we see another member? Will we see more of the story of uh, Undisputed Era is it, you know, in NXT? Well, again, you know, like if Undisputed Era do win the Tag Team Championships and Roderick Strong doesn't win, could we see them cracks that had kind of fit, like yeah. shown before? And they're like, look, you know, you're last in, you're first out, mate. You're only here to kind of hold Bobby Fish's place. Uh, you kind of no longer serve your purpose. For sure. I mean, wouldn't it be brilliant if, <laughs> I don't know if it would work that much well, like Pete Dunne turned, uh, joined Undisputed Era and took Roger no. Strong's place. No. I mean, come on. No. Pete Dunne going, no. yeah, I'm Undisputed. No. No. Could you see another member of Undisputed Era? I... To replace Strong? I don't know because I think Strong's a good fit. There's not anyone on the NXT that I could see joining the Undisputed Era. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? You know, what is that? I mean, and all out the women's title as well, would they have a female member of the Undisputed Era? Is it, you know, there's definitely going to be some more storyline to it, I assume. But what happens in this match? i tell you one guy we haven't mentioned, and are we writing him off? Velveteen Dream. Again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see... Bigger things for Velveteen Dream. Say he does lose tonight. Can he set his sights on the NXT Championship? And, you know, if Adam Cole does retain, that kind of will push Johnny Gagano out of the picture because he has been beaten and it is undisputed. Yeah, I mean, Gagano has, like, faced uh, the champion in so many takeovers. He might hold a record for, you know, how many title matches he's been in. But... Uh... What's important is, like I said, they've got a plan for to what happened. And I think when it comes to the North American title, I think we have. Dis- I think we've forgotten about. We we assume Dream is. I don't say not walking out champion, but like I think he's been lost in the shuffle a little bit here as well. You know, such a great character in that, and I don't know if they've just given him the North American title to kind of hold it and be like, look, at least you got something, but we're not going to give you, you know, a bigger push, so to speak. You know. Well, I could viably see Velveteen Dream holding the NXT Championship before he moves up. Could you see him retaining tonight? <laughs> what percentage? Um, 33.3%. <laughs> I knew you were going to say right, that. Uh, again, it is something that could happen. It's something that might not happen. I mean, you know, if... How we've spoken about it off air, if, you know, Pete Dunne hits the bitter end on Velveteen Dream, gets pushed out of the ring by Roderick Strong... Pete Duncan go, well, I wasn't... So I can keep... I can have another match against really strong. And yeah. that's kind of their thing. And then they're like, well, what about Velveteen Dream? What's he going to do? Well, Adam Cole's next. Or, you know... It could moves be to, or or like moves or, the Dream to main roster as well. Or it could yeah. be the Undisputed Era holding it until 
War Games and then it'll be like Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne and a tag team of your choosing in a War Games match going against for a winner's take all thing. Possibilities. I mean, without a doubt, I think, and that's what makes TakeOver uh, and so excited about what we talk about is that instead of thinking it's going to be the obvious thing, it could be, you know, and TakeOver usually has nice clean finishes as well, and we kind of get a story. Unless it's a Shayna Baszler match. Uh, but, you know, we kind of get the story told during it as well. Uh, but, you know, th- th- this is the thing. The card looks good, but we've got one match left, and that is, of course, the main event for the NXT title, and it's Adam Cole versus Channel. And who can not who can forget the scenes after Adam Cole won the title at Takeover Twenty Five? Dan, do you remember those? Absolutely. Yeah. Looking back on it, I uh, I don't know. At TakeOver 25, Adam Cole was the better man. One more? I'll see you later. Adam Cole, since joining NXT, you said that you wanted to be at the top. Tonight, you captured the NXT Championship. Just what is going through your head? Uh, I don't know, a little saying called, I told you so. <laughs> The Undisputed Era shocks the system again. Adam Cole is the NXT champion. Johnny Gargano made the mistake of believing he was special. When the fact remains, Johnny Gargano is nothing more than a second-rate Adam Cole. As soon as TakeOver 25 ended, I sat back and I, I thought, where do I go now? And that's a very real question in my mind. Where do I go now? Because I scratched and I clawed and I got to the top of the mountain. But now what? Now what? I think what I'm going after now is realizing who Johnny Gargano really is. Definitely come up with a situation to end this before, but it's obviously not enough. A takeover Toronto. It will be Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship again in a two out of three falls match. This time it'll be a little different. Johnny Gargano gets to pick one of the stipulations Adam Cole gets to pick the other. And if this does go to a third fall, I will pick the other stipulation. Adam Cole has chosen straight-up wrestling match. I have chosen street fight. Cole versus Gargano. The book will be closed after this match. And I also know what happens, and only I know, if this match goes one fall apiece. May the best man win. I thought Alistair Black was coming out for a second there. Uh, anyway, that is the main event match, Dan. So, are you excited for Cole Gargano 3? I am, uh, sort of, because I guess a match where both the performers can deliver. But is it getting a bit old and a bit boring? Is it because there's no one else that can step up to the mark to kind of take the main event off of these two guys? I think that is... True. 
<laughs> I completely agree with you. I mean, I don't want to say I'm bored of it, but I know it's going to be a great match, but Gagano and Cole, again, is like, okay, fair. Like, you know, it's like, it's going to be great. It's going to get five stars for Meltzer. It's going to fucking, you know what I mean? Like I said, loads of people are like, oh my God. But for me, it's just, they're doing it because they can, not because there's like a real reason. Like, you know. But in all fairness, I'd rather see these two at it again than seeing Keith Lee against one of them or Matt Riddle against one of them. So, you know, it is kind of making the best out of it. Situation. And I think that's probably are they waiting for Champad to come back and then continue that with him? What they're gonna do with Colt, what other faces are there to step up? We talk about it in the women's division, but even on the main roster, what faces? I think Pete Dunn would have been brilliant as, as as face, but who's the next kind of guys? Is it Keith Lee or is it people like, you know, Jordan Miles? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my man. Cameron Grimes will get a shot when he beats your man. So, you know, I suppose I've got that in the the bank. Yeah. So you don't really see... So you think... But Cole's a hill, so he's going to need faces. Maybe Velting Dream is a good one to go if he does lose the title here tonight. But again, I don't think the the uh, roster is that strong. I think the next... War takeover at War Games. We're not going to see a singles match for the NXT title, are we? Possibly. Well, you know, the way it seems is that the NXT champion is going to be in War Games, unless it's Johnny Gagano. Johnny Gagano might not be in a War Games match because, you know, you can probably call it now, but it's going to be Undisputed Era versus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Versus yeah. someone. Versus Blair. So, you know, that's looking forward. Yeah, it might be a few months down the line, but and a lot can change. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's the way I'm seeing it going at the moment. Uh, whether it could change down the line, it, it might. Yeah, I would have loved to see Pete Dunne involved to kind of change up a little bit. There's no doubt in it's going to be great. It's going to go 40 minutes, you know, and be like a great match as it was. And Winnie Regal... Uh, let's. What would he pick as the third fall? Do you reckon? Well, what have we got so far? He's got first fall's just a normal match. Then you have got a street fight, and then what? If there's still cages hanging above the ring, he's gonna give it away a little bit. <laughs> you know, it could be a ladder match. Ladder match. Extreme rules. Anything goes. A spot of tea on a pole match. Exactly. Spot of pee. <laughs> So, I mean, a possibility a chain match, I mean... Submission match. Submission. Oh, well, that would favour Gagano a little bit, though, wouldn't it? So, I mean, Regal's got to stay impartial. Well, has he? Has he? I mean, we don't know. I mean... Yeah, will, it, will it even get two falls? I mean, have you ever seen a two out of three falls match go one-all? I mean, I've... It's completely unheard of, James. Well, so, well, it's the rule of wrestling, isn't it? No, it's all about wrestling rule book. But who? Like, what about if Cole wins two straight, sends Gagana down another spiral? Have we already seen that storyline? What's left? Gagana says this is it tonight. You know, nothing left. And I hope, and again, you know, no disrespect for Johnny Gagana. I think he's an outstanding performer. But I hope this is Gagano getting chance after chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of been a bit full on, hasn't it? You know, so I think therein uh, lies the problem of it. Even though, like I said, we're really going to enjoy the the match in itself as well. Uh, 
So, you know, where do we see ourselves at takeover, next takeover? We think the Undisputed Era is still going to be heavily involved. How it goes tonight, like I said, you could toss a coin, really. But what, what match you're most looking forward to is obviously Triple Threat. Yeah, the triple threat. Dream done strong. I think that's going to be the show stealer for me. Yeah, I think that is something I'm really looking forward to. But like I said, the great things about takeovers, you can't talk it up enough because it always delivers anyway. You know, so like I said, there's always going to be uh, a kind of classic match and some great moments as well. And that's what's to look forward to for takeover. Uh, right now, because we're, we're just about to leave you now. But on WWE Network, they've got the Prime Target Toronto Takeover Special, and that's on until half eleven. And they've got their kickoff on the network. Show starts midnight British time, uh, and we'll be back tomorrow at nine p.m. live again for SummerSlam uh, to give you kind of all this goodness. We we'll run through the SummerSlam card because we'll have games uh, and news and everything like that as well. But Dan, final thoughts on Takeover tonight. Again, you know, you know it is going to be a very, very good card. There might be one which is that let the side down a bit. But overall, I think we're going to leave happy. Yes, and uh, if not, we'll be bashful. I mean, it'll be it'll be one of them, won't it, you know? Well, I just hope it's not Doc. <laughs> yeah, well, you always wake up grumpy. Uh, so we'll see what happens at TakeOver. But it's been... Uh, I've, I've had fun tonight. I'm really looking forward to TakeOver. And I'm really looking forward because actually we've got enough time now so I can have some pudding before... Oh, we've got some nice warm apple pie and custard to <laughs> yeah look to. it's going to be great so we can look forward to that and uh, watch takeover don't forget takeover will be with you next weekend we'll bring you the show out for you then but of course tomorrow is summer slam but that's it for now don't forget you can find us on twitter at WWE network review or at vince mcdan wwe i'm at john score rollins across all the google platforms send us an email at double podcast at gmail.com and of course on Instagram the WNR podcast as well Facebook yes Facebook you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast or you can come and find me and add me as a friend I am Vince McDan subscribe to our YouTube channel WWE Network Review podcast where we've got clips on YouTube stuff like Ricochet versus Will Ospreay from years ago you know yes, and the four way super kick as well yeah, with the young bucks involved, you know. So there's a lot of stuff, of course, Oscar versus Ember Moon. Uh, we've got from when we saw NXT as well. So lots of stuff there. And podcasts go up on YouTube at the same time as do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Of course, you listen to us live now on Spreaker Radio. We're on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. But you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. And we will have an announcement tomorrow about the website, Dan, which is? The com www.networkpodcast.com Sorry, my bad. The WNR Podcast. The WNR Podcast.com <laughs> I nail it every time apart from the live show. How's about that? Hey, how's about We'll be live tomorrow to try all over again at 9pm for SummerSlam. Absolutely. Yeah, so that is it for now. I have been James Rowlands and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye. <laughs>